wherever you listen throughout the world. It's football time! back for another episode of the gridiron guys your home of the nfl south of the equator joining me in co-commentary as always my friend cam how are you going great zach we've on to our last week with no more football as we have the hall of fame game coming up this week we're very excited gee whiz it comes up fast you know yeah. when you're not looking it'll just sneak up right behind you bam <laughs> baby we're back we are back <laughs> But before we get into a bit of footy, I think uh, a couple of things have been popping up in the news sphere, haven't they, lately? Yeah, there's been a few big things, obviously, with training camp started. We've seen a major injury coming out of the Colts camp, or two, actually, as of today. Firstly, Carson Wentz with his foot, and they undernarred on surgery, and I think they're leaning towards surgery, and he might be out for a substantial, I don't know about substantial, but a short amount of time. And now Quentin Nelson, their best offensive lineman, is also out with a similar injury. Yeah, it's tough out there, isn't it? I know, because what was it originally with Carson? They were talking about indefinitely, and then with the surgery, it puts him at a timeline I've seen between from anywhere between five to 12 weeks. So there's a lot of talk about who can replace him. And I think there a few names have been thrown up, and I think for a start, it's probably the funniest one has been, in my opinion, Nick Foles. Oh, um, like... <laughs> <laughs> This guy, how much does he have to do to get away from Nick Foles? But when Carson's body isn't even, is still warm and Nick Foles is trying to take his seat, like leave this damn guy alone. He's taken his, well, he didn't take his Super Bowl, but he basically did. And then he basically took his starting role. <laughs> we shipped him out of Philly. Yeah. Now he's trying to take him at the Colts. <laughs> yeah, taking his job for the second time would be very funny. I feel for Carson, it sucks. But yeah, Nick Foles would be the funniest addition if they did pick him up. Also, who put their hand up, well, not specifically for that role, but I saw Philip Rivers also said he may come back if a team did need a QB. He's obviously uh, maybe starting to feel the pinch of his food bill now that he's not working and he's got, what, 20, 21 kids? Yeah, still growing, so he's probably got more kids popping on the way. Well, he's certainly uh, never been sponsored by Durex, that's before, sure. <laughs> yeah, man doesn't believe in that, does he? <laughs> no, but it'll be tough. I think... Uh, it's interesting to sort of see because I know they did go out and pick a QB up in the draft. This is Indy, sorry. Um, yeah, so they Sam, had... Sam Ellinger? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so They've got him and Jacob Eason. Eason was one out of, I think he went from Georgia and didn't stay there and then went to Washington maybe. So correct. huge. And he only played a handful of games at Washington before he elected to not play out, uh, not finish his senior season. So right. he's come out a bit raw, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, and Ellinger came out of, or he went to Texas and then I think he went across to SMU. Yeah. So, yeah, not names that you'd probably want to start the season with and hope to win some games early on with. No, and that's going to be what they need. As we sort of mentioned, their division could be a bit tough to get out of. So they're certainly starting on the back foot. I would be interested to see if they go after anyone. But as I sort of said, mentioning with those QBs, it sounds like they're happy with them at the moment. And I mean, I suppose at this point in time throughout the year, you can't really expect for there to be many QBs who aren't, if they're not attached to a team, you know, that, that are just floating around available. As we said, maybe Rivers comes out of retirement, but you know, do you really go back to that well? Yeah, you probably have to get lucky with a second stringer that's playing all right in the preseason that they could lure in with a bit of money if Wentz is issue is that bad 
But yeah, you'd think they wouldn't go for Rivers. And the only people that'd be happy with this is probably Tennessee. I think they'd probably be the most happy. Moving on, what are your thoughts on the Giants? Their preseason camp got off to a fly when they all just started to beat each other up today. Yeah, we did see that come out today. And I thought, oh, geez, what is going on there? And we did read Daniel Jones was on the bottom, but I don't think it was anything to do with him. I think there was a bit of a hit and uh, a couple of them got into it. Xavier McKinney, Logan Ryan, and I can't remember who the offensive guy is that sort of kicked it off. But yeah, I don't think the coach was happy with them. No, I don't. It's hard to say though because these sort of always pop up every now and again in the preseason because these blokes are literally fighting for each other's spots. So, in a sense, they are teammates, but a lot of them do hate each other because literally that's their food pay that's coming out if they don't get if they don't look good. So, I mean, I like the idea some boys just getting down and dirty and trying to eat their meals. Uh, but as you said, coach probably not happy. No, he definitely was. And I think that's the funny thing about American sports is there, as there are team sports, but sometimes it just seems so individual because guys are playing for contracts and guys are playing for all sorts of things. It doesn't have the same team feel all the time. Because I did see another bit of news in another training camp was Panthers cut a bloke today because he laid someone out and knocked him out. They had to cart him off the field because he was absolutely <laughs> concussed and they cut the other bloke. Jesus, well, this is the first time the NFL is taking concussion seriously. No, yeah, <laughs> apparently so. <laughs> But in all seriousness, we take concussions seriously. But yeah. that yeah, is, it is, yeah. It's dangerous, isn't it? <laughs> no. uh, and what finally, you'd be happy about this one, Justin Houston coming across to the Ravens. Yeah, we finally filled that hole. I think EDC was holding his time out to pick up someone. We needed an edge rusher to sort of pair with some of those fresher, more raw guys. And I think Houston's the guy. And we got him at a pretty cut price deal, $4 million for one year. So hopefully you can rack up a few sacks and we'll be right. I think that's it. Is he on much? Is it much guaranteed money, or is there a fair few options there for him to try and win the bonus? Uh, I think there's a bit for the bonus. I don't think there's a huge amount guaranteed in it, but yeah, I guess we'll see how he goes. I'm pretty keen for it. Yeah, I like that. You plug and play, and you let the guy do the work and earn his money. So Absolutely. I reckon he'll go out there and ball. Yeah, the man can still play at an older age. It's great. Well, and that's it. You need those veterans every now and again just to dip in and show the young bucks how to run. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very good. Uh, well, I think uh, another thing we were just sort of chatting about uh, off air, it's quite enjoyable these sort of days, these last couple of weeks. The If you've been living under a rock, you may have noticed that the Olympics are on in Tokyo. Um, it's always interesting to see sort of the new sports that get put up every now and again. And I think it was interesting. It'd be interesting to see if American football would, you know, land in and how it would land in. And I think we sort of came to the agreement that, you know, like sports like rugby sevens and so on, you wouldn't be able to take the full form of American football into um, competition. However, I think a sort of seven v seven type—I wouldn't—I wouldn't say flag football, but I think just you know, have you seen that where they go on and they play seven v seven? It's still full contact and things like that. I reckon yeah. that would be the way to get it in. I think that's probably the best way to do it—a modified version. You couldn't have people sitting there watching games for hours upon end um, and expect them to enjoy. Like, I mean, it's not that big in every other country. So, and as I suppose, in that saying that, it'd be so hard to get a team together outside of America because we kind of try to put together a team, haven't we? Oh, it's pretty tough. I was looking at it um, and I went through a page and. Outside of all the other American sports, you know, like baseball and hockey, they have quite a big sort of international influence. Even NBA is starting to get quite big nowadays. But the yeah, NFL, definitely. I think it was only about 3% of the actual active rosters that are from overseas. Uh, so it made it sort of hard to put together one. I was looking at, so I was thinking for the 7v7, I think I looked it up, you would have a roster of a QB, a running back, a centre, 
tight end and three wide receivers. Okay, we're just going to do yep. offense because defense yep. is easy. Yep. Too hard, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, for quarterbacks, you were stitched up with the choice of Robert Griffin III because he was born in Japan, if you wanted to stretch the friendship and say that he was foreign, yep. or Tim Tebow, who was born in the Philippines. Wow. Uh, otherwise, you can go and get Brett Ripien. Um, who is half Canadian. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you really spoiled for choice there. I reckon we'd almost take Tebow. That'd be great. Yeah, that was my thoughts. Because if you got to think, seven on seven, you want like a mobile QB. And I think, let's be honest, RG3, his mobile days are beyond him. So I think yeah, I'd like Tebow. Looks big now too, man. That guy can run. Yeah, I'd be keen. We'd chuck him in a quarterback, I reckon. Yeah. Um, again, thin stocks for running back. I think there was pretty much only the one. <laughs> Um, you had Chubba Hubbard from Canada, unless you wanted to take, where was he? Oh, yeah, Christian Wade, Christian the ex-rugby union player who came across from England. Who, oh, yeah, I remember him. He came to the International <laughs> Player Pathway Program. Yeah, he hasn't done anything. <laughs> no, he's not, I don't even think he set foot on the game, but he's still sitting around on international rosters. Um, yeah. So, lock, in Chugga, probably... lock in Chubba Hubbard then. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and so moving to some of the other positions was a little bit easy. Um, at or well, I had a few rookies as well. Yeah, but moving out onto the receivers, we had Chase Claypool from Canada, quite Very simple. Good. Yeah, uh, and Nelson Aguilar from Nigeria. Yep, not bad. And then we also had let me I see if I put these in the right spot. Yeah, and Chris Conley from Turkey. So it's not too bad actually for wide receivers. You'd be happy with those three, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I'd cop that. Um, um, I suppose going up against probably Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and uh, <laughs> and D Hop. So yeah, comparable. Um, there was limited number for centers as well. Not mm. too many specialized positions. Plenty of offensive guards and tackles. So there was some thoughts about who to take there. You know, you had Jordan Mailata and on offensive tackle. Even Panay Suel, who is American Samoa offensive uh, tackle. Uh, yep. Yeah, so there was a couple there. But I took the only true centre who was Brett Jones from Canada. And then finally, again, tight end, another specialist position that only had, what was it, one or two options. Yeah, I think you had just the one, wasn't it? So I took, yeah, Sammy Reyes. He is a rookie that came from Denmark. No, sorry, Chile. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he's actually like a really big guy. Jeez, mm. we're really scraping the barrel to put a team together there. Scraping the barrel. Um, and so this is your rest of world team. I think obviously you put them up against Team USA. You'd probably have no interest in. Well, it'd be pretty obvious who wins. Um, but I was thinking it would be fun to play around with who that QB would be in Team USA on a seven v seven. Yeah, we kind of changed the concept of who you'd have. I guess you'd people would automatically stick with Rogers or Mahomes, but I guess the style of game is different. So a Lamar could fit it, a Kyler Murray could fit it, Russell Wilson. I reckon Russell Wilson might be one of your better options. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. More like the Russell Wilson, Lamar's, potentially a little bit of the Mahomes as well, because you want, as we sort of mentioned with Tebow, you want that mobile QB, but someone who can also drop dimes. Um, I suppose as well, if you get Lamar, you could run that two RB set. Um. <laughs> Possibilities are endless <laughs> But no, I think I'd probably settle on um, I settled on Lamar I'd pick Lamar because I just like that run game And you just have plenty of space in that open field And he's just one of the best 
And that's why when I came to the running back choice, this was another big options as well. You had what? You've got Derrick Henry, CMC, Kamara. Um, oh, my God, the list goes on. Yeah, you're spoiled for choice. So I basically just went Kamara just yep. because. Style. You know, yeah. yeah. Love it. Uh, went boring on the center. I brought out Marquise Pouncey. I know he just retired, but he's going to come out for this exhibition game and yeah, the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And I think I kind of named three wide receivers before. You could probably go a whole stack of other blokes. Julio could probably fit in. Anyone oh, else? Mate, anyone else? You got, what did you say? Hill. Even like some going down the line for like OB, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Or, and even some of those guys. Like, it's just ridiculous. And then again, you take a nice tight end, you take Travis Kelsey. George Kittle. Yeah, you could. <laughs> you, like, yeah. But look, I don't think we're uh, going to be seeing this anytime soon in the Olympics. So we'll just stick to hypotheticals, I suppose. I know. And that's what we love here, isn't it? We just love gas bagging and hypotheticals. 100%. Just a bit of yarn. <laughs> <laughs> Always. All right. Should we get into some of the real stuff? Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. How do you catch my ass? What the f- All right, finally for our reviews, we've got the NFC West uh, 2020. For them, it was a bit of a tight division. Although it didn't feel like it, it definitely came down to it, for the, especially one of the last games of the season between the Rams and the Cardinals, but we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. The winner of the uh, division was the Seahawks, though, at 12-4. and four. They started off with a massive year with Russell Wilson. He just dominated. What was like those? They went five and zero or something like that, and he basically put himself in front runner for MVP. Yeah, he was MVP contender for a very long time throughout that season, and then they finished with twelve and four and went to the playoffs and got dusted by the Rams. Well, not dusted; it was actually very close. But they just had a very good season. I think they've DK Metcalf bust out and was huge. And then mm. Russell Wilson just continues to stay at that solid level and they don't seem to be regressing too much. Yeah, well, they were great. Uh, I think it was interesting, though. You saw the first half of the year, their offense dominated, as you mentioned, yeah. but their defense lacked. So they got into shootouts a lot often. And I think that's where they lost a couple of their games because it was just, it was just points on points, really. But throughout the year, their defense started to step up and help, you know, grind out a few wins whereas i think towards the end of the year wilson did struggle a little bit starting throwing a few more interceptions and things like that and sort of teams sort of started to figure him out i suppose a bit more yeah did they pick up jamal adams during the year last year is that kind of helped improve them i think they did yeah sort of halfway through there was a couple yeah him and quandre Diggs or something i I know there's a couple that they picked up during the year that really made a difference and i know jamal adams is just a massive difference maker yeah for sure but I think, as you sort of mentioned, their offense, like DK, he was ridiculous, wasn't he? Another, yeah, I think people are very upset that they passed on him. Like, there'll be a few GMs shaking their heads thinking, why did we let this guy go? Because everyone just sort of thought, oh, yeah, all he, he can't really run routes. He's not that good. But he, he's just a massive unit and he's so fast. Well, that's it. And that's all he had to do. Like, what did Russell just put the ball out in front of him and let him run onto it? And he just monsters those blokes out on the corner really easily. Yeah, and they've got blokes like Tyler Lockett already still out there. And so, he's yeah, their options are great. Uh, moving on to second in the division was the Rams. Uh, they had a record of 10 and 6, and they made it back, finally made it back to the playoffs after sort of missing out um, the year after their Super Bowl. So, they went Super Bowl, no playoffs, back to the playoffs, uh, which was quite nice to sort of see for them. And as you sort of said, they, they won through that first round against the Seahawks, so getting one up on the division rivals. And then getting knocked out by Packers. But to be fair, you know, 
that was a pretty close game as well. Yeah, we did see kind of the Rams seem to be always building a roster and just spending a lot of money to bring in blokes. And I think the end is sort of sp- saw the end of Jared Goff in a sense, and we know that how that played out in the end. So I think mm. that was kind of something that they think they were lacking, which they kind of addressed in the offseason. I think maybe that's where they think they could have improved because the rest of their roster across the board is really good. Yeah, you find that they've got quite a solid roster, don't they? And they don't – well, they don't really use too many picks, I suppose, because they do trade them away a lot, as they you do, said. Yeah. They do, What do you feel like? They feel like they build their roster every year and just try to add pieces, and it's more like they do a lot of work on their roster because it's not – I suppose it's not building youth and trying to build up for the next five or six years. It's like trying to make it the best possible one each and every year. And yeah. it feels like their depth is quite thin because of that. Because they're just yeah, you're bringing right. in those guys. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. The depth is quite like quite poor. So if they do get injuries and and if they don't win anything, and they go down the line and they lose some of these guys, like does that put their franchise in a bit of a hole going forward? Like you're throwing away draft picks. It's different in the NBA. Like I think this is, has a very Lakers sort of feel. Bring in guys, try and win now and win a chip. Mm. But it doesn't really matter too much because you can sort of play with draft picks in NBA, NFL. They're pretty crucial in the next few years. Yeah, well, I suppose what you've only got five positions in the NBA, just a yeah. couple more in the NFL. So, uh, but they were big again on defense. Ever since that Super Bowl, as we sort of said, they were just massive on offense. But now they sort of tried to go back and build a big defense. So, and basically sitting around Ramsey and Donald, who they were just electric as always. Yeah, they've probably got two of the best defenders on their, for their respective positions, if not in the league. Like Aaron Donald was Defensive Player of the Year, and Ramsey is. Just a super elite corner. Both 99 rated on Madden, I saw as well. <laughs> They'd be loving that. Oh, I think, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think the last one was Cam Akers. He had an absolute elite season, didn't he, last year? He looked pretty yeah, good. great rookie season. That's something that they really like. sort of brought them. After they lost Gurley, I think it was, they sort of didn't really have anyone to fill that gap, and Akers came in and just did a job. He was very good. Huge. Absolute throbber. All right. Moving on, next was the Cardinals coming in at 8-8. Eight and eight. They had that final week game uh, that they lost to the Rams that would have potentially thrown them into the playoffs because through tiebreakers. So I think they'll look at that as a disappointment because they started so well at the start of the season. Uh, what did they start? 6-3 and three, and then basically went 2-5 and five after that to miss the playoffs. Yeah, they had a good season. Uh, Kyle Murray started to improve again. They got D-Hop for a bag of chips. They're just still building. Like this is a roster. I think we saw it said, or we will probably say, and it will say is for the future. Like, yeah, that's not a bad record for the team they had that was pretty fresh and pretty raw. So they could be dangerous this year. Yeah, and I did like Murray's game throughout last year. He looked a lot more efficient and comfortable, not only on the ground but also going up into the air. As you said, he had the addition of D Hop, which sort of made it a lot easier for him. Obviously, he had a better target, but. He certainly looked, yeah, as I said, I think the biggest thing is he looked a lot more comfortable and he was a lot more efficient in the air, which is going to be crucial going forward for him. Yeah, he was good through the air. I always find it funny when he um, comes out of the pocket and runs. He looks so funny. He looks like a little kid running around when he's out there in the <laughs> open, but can run. He, he he does have a very good running game. Oh, massive. He's, a, he's going to be a genuine dual threat throughout the league. And I think going forward, he's only just going to get better. Yeah, I like him. And finally, we had the 49ers who finished up with 6 and 10. So, again, not a great record, but respectable considering the injuries that they copped throughout the year. 
Yeah, they went from a Super Bowl to last in the division. You can't excuse them with those injuries. Like they just got absolutely peppered on the defense and that set them up for the rest of the season. And then what, did Jimmy G go down for a while? Yeah, he was down. It was Bosa, Kittle. Like it was just, it was heaps of blokes just missing for extended time. Yeah, take, take those key positions out of most teams and you'll find I think most teams would struggle. I did like, um, although they did have a fair few losses, they had a few guys that stepped up. You talk about Fred Warner. He was huge. He got his first All-Pro honours. Um, and Brandon Ayuk was a lead in the receiving for them. Yeah, I was going to mention him, actually. I quite like Brandon Ayuk. There was a bit of question marks on him coming out of Arizona State. He was meant to go pretty high, did go in the first round, and he started to show flashes towards the end of the season. And I reckon with a full team this year, him and Debo Samuel, and I saw Mohamed Sanu, but yeah, like I, I quite like them. Yeah, and especially if you've got someone, I mean, I like Garoppolo, and I think he'll be good for Brandon Ayuk, but it's probably better than what well, they have Nick Mullins, I think it was, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> Yeah, Nick Mullins or CJ Bethard, a few others. Like, Yeah, it really lacked once they lost a few players. No, that's for sure. Uh, so I think the only way for them is up, and I suppose we'll talk about them when we roll into our previews. Shall we uh, get started? Yeah, let's go. All right, previewing this year and for our predictions, we'll start them off. I've got the 49ers making a comeback this year and winning the division with a record of 13 and four yourself. Yeah, I've gone with uh, 14 and three and I have them winning the division as well. I guess we just spoke about them being the seller dwellers for the NFC East purely on injury. But yeah, they make a return to the top this year. They get those guys back and their team across the board is really good. The only question mark we will have throughout the season, which is a major question mark, is the Jimmy G and Trey Lance battle. Yeah, I think that's going to be huge, especially after. So they took Trey Lance with pick number three. I think it's a great pick because you look at all the quarterbacks that sort of went at that draft. Trey Lance has got to be the most raw talent and probably very erratic. You've got to see, especially since he only played one game in 2020. So it's going to be hard to sort of figure out how he's going to play. But he definitely has one of the biggest ceilings of all those guys from the draft. So I think long-term Lance is going to be elite. It's just going to be a question of how long does Garoppolo stay for really? And I think it's going to be dependent on the record. Yeah, you're definitely right there because they have the, the talent there to win games. If he does struggle, they do bring in Trey Lance earlier. I reckon they might bring Trey Lance in later in the season, depending on how they're doing, but you're right. He has a really big ceiling. I think he comes from the same, out of the same college as Carson Wentz. So you're right. We didn't see him, do anything in 2021 like or 2020-21 because they just didn't play. And mm. so it's a big question mark on him. But as you said, he has the intangibles. He has the body type. He could be a very good player for them. So I think we didn't know if they were going to take Lance so early at pick seven, but we're happy with the pick, aren't we? Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think the biggest thing you got to remember is Garoppolo is not going to roll over and let him just take his job as well. Like this guy was in a Super Bowl two years ago. He was taught by one of the best in Bill Belichick and sat under Tom Brady for years. Don't just think for a moment that what, how long has he been a starter for two years now that he's going to let some kid. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. It's, I actually don't mind the play. It's almost like a Aaron Rodgers sort of play and they bring in mm. their rookie and try and put a rocket up him. And if he does succeed, unreal for Jimmy G. Um, but if he doesn't, they do have that backup. Oh, mate, and you've got to look. He's got 
all the weapons in the duffel bag. You look at some of the guys on offense they have uh, now that they're all healthy, Debo Samuel, Brennan Ayuk, Mohamed Sanu, George Kittle, plus Raheem Mostert. And uh, don't forget, I do like this guy. Probably one of the best-known fullbacks in the league, Kyle Juszczyk. <laughs> yeah, ex-Baltimore Raven. Kyle Juszczyk is very good. They um, have a guy that they picked up in the third round out of Ohio State, Trey Sermon. Mm. He's one that I think could be a bit of a dark horse to be quite a good running back in the NFL. I think he was pretty good at Ohio State, and I think he'll be good for them. Yeah, massively. I mean, you don't – yeah. What did he come out of? I think he was the fourth round in the end, so – Bit of a ladish pick, but you don't play at a higher state because it's shit, really. No, absolutely. Their line, I was just looking, is pretty elite. Their tackles mm. of Trent Williams, who's probably one of the highest paid left tackles in the league, if not the highest paid. Mike McGlinchey's good on the other tackle. And then they picked up Alex Mack at center from Atlanta. I know he's getting old, but it sort of solidifies that line. Yeah, and they picked up in the draft, they used one of their first, earlier draft picks for Aaron Banks, an offensive guard from Notre Dame. So they for go, him yeah. to plug another yeah. hole as well. He could be um, starting sometime during the season. Yeah, but as I sort of mentioned, it's all those injuries. So a couple of the guys that got injured are gone. So you had uh, Coleman, Thomas, and Sherman are all gone. Yeah. But of the other major injuries, you had Bosa, Ford, Williams, and Tart. They're all back again, and they expect them to slide straight back into the starting side and dominate. Uh, I'd be interested. I think these guys are going to go well. Yeah, they have a sick defense. I really like the defense. As you said, D Ford, you've got Javon Kinlaw, who was a first-round pick in 2020. Mm. Fred Warner was just got paid as well. He's elite. And then, I mean, Sherman's not really too bad to replace. They've got a couple of guys who can do a job. Yeah, I think Sherman, you got to think Sherman was probably on the way out. I mean, we sort of touched on what happened to him a week ago, but in his football terms, I think the best was past him, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, other than that, in their team, we haven't had it for a while, but we have a, another Australian amongst us. We have Mitch Wisnowski playing oh, punter. Gotta love that. I love that man. He's quite good. I, I have enjoyed watching him punt and things like that. But as we would, we are Aussies. We love punters. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think if you're on on YouTube, I can't remember if it is him or not. He's uh, lay someone out when they return a punt. I think that's a pretty good watch. Let's get around the boy then. Yeah, absolutely. All right, shall we get on to the next team? Let's go. A crisp looking drive here. And open inside the 35. Metcalf. All the way inside the 20. DK Metcalf. And that's going to be a Seahawks touchdown. Wow. All right, next up on the list coming in second, we have, well, I have the Seahawks at 12 and 5. Same with you, Ken. Yeah, I have them at 12 and 5, and I have a bit of a coin, well, not a coin flip. It's does, does it, my division was decided by the Indivision games. Uh, I had mm. Seattle at third. Um, I have Rams second. I'll go through them once we get to them. But yeah, mm. Seattle third for me. But yeah, you're right. That could go either way, and I could see them finishing second, like as you said. Yeah, huge. I think their biggest talk over the offseason, they didn't seem to make too many moves in the offseason, but. All the news was about Russell Wilson. Would he stay? Would he go? And I think at the end of the day, it was all a bit of smoke and mirrors, wasn't it? Oh, that narrative gets brought up every year. And I think it's just stupid because he doesn't seem upset about being there. He's got players around him. They pick players to help him. Like in the draft, they went out and picked a fair few guys on the offense. So hasn't got too much to complain about, I don't think. No, exactly. And him and Pete Carroll are like best buds, I'm pretty sure. So... Yeah, I can see him him playing out the rest of his career there. Like, unless he gets another offer from a team and they start struggling, he'll finish his career there. 
Yeah, absolutely. It is good to sort of see as well. He's still keeping up the rush game, which I enjoy because he's got to be one of the best scramblers in the league, really. But I think over the past couple of years, we're definitely sort of seeing the decline of that rush first mentality from him, which is only going to help him. You know, it's that when that pocket breaks down, he's not sort of looking to just tuck the ball and run. He's looking through his progressions and he hangs around that pocket a lot. So I think I was seeing a lot because they were talking about how long he held the ball and so they're trying Mm. to cut down that time to get the ball out to those boys like Metcalf and Lockett and just zing it straight away. Yeah, so he kind of holds on to that for quite a while and then just trying to cut that time. It's interesting because he does, for me, have one of the best deep balls in the league, Mm. throws it quite high and just sort of tries to drop it in the basket of some of those boys. And Lockett's pretty good at bringing those in. I think he's got a really good deep ball and I think he's really good in the pocket. So we could see another MVP caliber season from Russell Wilson this year. Yeah. And again, going back to the duffel bag, plenty of weapons. Uh, We mentioned Lockett and Metcalf. He's got Swain out there. But it looks like there's a fair few losses on tight end. I know Greg Olsen is gone um, and I can't remember the others, but Gerald Everett arrives in Seattle after four years in LA, um, but he wasn't the main man over in LA. So you see him sort of sharing the role with Disley, who again, been in the Seahawks for a couple of years, so knows the system well. But again, he was like the second or third stringer while he was at Seattle. Looking at that uh, tight end room really doesn't have much there to be desired. As mm. you said, the wide receivers is good. And they picked up Dwayne Eskridge, who I see is on the PEP list from the draft early on. I think, I can't remember where he was out of. Maybe uh, Western Michigan. Ah, Western Michigan. There you go. So yeah. Metcalf 2.0, I think is the idea. <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah. So I think he's meant to be pretty good. Um, but we'll see. Running backs as well. Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Uh, uh, yeah, they don't do much for me. Yeah, not really. I mean, Chris Carson's a solid and he'd come in, but yeah, Rashad Penny, he's sort of, I don't rate him anymore, to be honest. Um, And it's definitely more to be desired from. So the rushing game is not going to be what they lean on. But I suppose, as we sort of mentioned, when you've got sort of Russell who can rush a little bit, you don't need to as much, but yeah. But yeah, for them, the uh, defense, which has always been probably their biggest strength, the Legion of Boom, only has one remaining member, it looks like to me. Bobby Wagner mm. is the only one left, but they still have a good good defense across the board. You've got Wagner. They picked up Jordan Brooks the other year in the first round, and then you've got Jamal Adams at safety. Like There is a couple of guys there that are very good. Yeah, and they added up Kerry Hyder and Alden Smith, so their sort of front line is going to be really good and be able to pressure the quarterback. As you sort of said, yeah, departure of Shaquille Griffin uh, left a hole in the oh, secondary. Yes. Yep. So they did add Trey Brown from Oklahoma in the fourth round of the draft. However, I don't think not a like-for-like replacement. So I think their secondary is certainly weaker from last year, but that pass rush will be better. Yeah, they've got a nice pass rush. So, I mean, look, they're just going to be solid again on defense. Pete Carroll prides himself on having a solid defense every year. Um, For them this year, I don't know. Like, they could win this division. This division is so... Like, all four teams are capable of winning it. Seattle's probably the most capable outside of San Fran for me, or Rams. Mm. I suppose I did say Rams were going to come second. <laughs> but, yeah, this is this is going to be a very tough division and to see as it goes through. It's tight, isn't it? It really is tight. So, I mean, you look at the Seahawks and you don't see them doing worse than last year, but I don't see them doing better than this than last nah, year. Neither do I. Neither do I. Uh, this division is loaded with Australians. We have another man coming out and he got paid this year. Michael Dixon, Texas, University of Texas College, he came out of and has just been absolutely elite and added the drop punt or drop goal, didn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love that. They love the drop kick. It's <laughs> that's brilliant. So yeah, we we he he's he's earned his dollars and he's probably setting the tone for a lot of the Australian punters out there at the moment. He'd have to be he's probably number one punter in the league, I think, wouldn't he? He'd be close. Yeah. Shocker. Murray out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Six seconds. Murray hits it downfield. It is oh, it's caught. It is caught. DeAndre Hopkins. All right. On to the next one, I think. Yes. Let's go. So a little bit of change up. Um, we'll run off my sheet because yep, I'm always right. Fine. Yep. Um, <laughs> I've got coming in third is the Cardinals with a record of 10 and 7. What have you got them at? I have the Cardinals, as I said before, I had LA second, so we haven't done them yet. I have the Cardinals last at eight and nine, but again, they could be anywhere in this division. I think San Fran's sort of the leader for me. These next three teams could do anything throughout the year. Yeah, and I suppose it all rests on Kyler Murray, really, because when he's hot, he's hot. It's just about that consistency, isn't it? Yeah, Kyler Murray's just continually improving. If he continues to improve, as you said, in the passing game outside the pocket, they could be very dangerous. And you sort of look what they had the addition. So he's got he's got some more um, pieces around him. So I think some big changes will be in the running back. So Kenyon Drank left. He went to the Raiders. But that allows Chase Edmonds to step up. And they've picked up James Connor from Pittsburgh, who I actually think is a great addition for a backup. Well, he's slated a backup at the moment. Yeah, it's a solid addition. I think hopefully he sort of brings back that solid game that he had when he came to Pittsburgh the first time. Like he really broke out when he was playing under Le'Veon Bell as a second stringer and then yeah. sort of broke through and really asserted himself as the number one option. So he could do that here. I, I, I'm keen to see how he plays through the year. No, very excited for that as well. Uh, I think as well, when you talk about Kyler Murray, you think obviously run first, but as we sort of mentioned, he started to get a lot more consistent in the air. So what did they do? They added some pieces for him for that. They've gone and picked up AJ Green, who, again, probably towards the end of his career, but we're sort of talking about those kind of veterans that you like dotted around your roster that are able to sort of keep calm, make those easy sort of catches and keep that drive going. And that's what he's going to need because he does have, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk, who are just elite. So he's got plenty of throbbers out there to throw through. But I think the addition of AJ Green really helped him out there. Yeah, they've got a sick wide receiver room because then they added Rondale Moore in the second round. Christian yeah. Kirk's really good. I thought they might have gotten rid of him when they picked up Rondale Moore. Pretty similar kind of guy, just that speed. Andy Isabella goes all right. But yeah, AJ Green, they're kind of hoping he, no, he won't get back to what he was, but I think they're kind of hoping they can bring out something new in him with a change of scenery. Yeah, and you look at, they sort of added Pro Bowl centre Rodney Hudson uh, for yeah. the O-line. So again, a bit more protection around Murray, a bit more time for him to make his moves. But the interesting uh, on the flip side will be the defense. Uh, they didn't mess around picking up both JJ Watt and Malcolm Butler. Yeah, this defense is pretty nice and starting to really like solidify them as one of the, I don't know if a top defensive, but they've got some really good players. Buddha Baker is probably one of the best safeties mm. in the league. Zavin Collins has won in the first round. Don't know if he was taken too high. We'd be keen to see it inside linebacker, pair him up with Isaiah Simmons. So they've got two first rounders in the last two years for linebacker. Yeah, you look at them and I think it's going to be, it's pretty consistent across, as you sort of said, those couple of big guys. JJ Watt, hopefully he, it'll be interesting to see him not playing in Houston for start. That'll be a weird look, but I think he brings it. Malcolm Butler, never been like an elite cornerback, but I think he's quite solid and handy out there. As you sort of said, Zayvon Collins and Buda Baker. So you've got some 
decent pieces and then around some consistent guys. They'll be able to keep sort of the pressure on on those times where I think, which is going to be, as we sort of said, Murray's consistency on whether he's able to keep the offense on the field. At least if the defense can do their job, he can prevent the score from getting too big for him to catch. Yeah, for sure. Do you think we did see last week Chandler Jones is pretty keen to see a new team? Do you think he stays the year or do you think he goes? Geez, that's a tough one. Hopefully he stays. I'd say, I don't know. I hope he stays, to be honest, and I think he should. But at this point, who knows? Yeah, I think that leaves a big hole in their uh, in their team if he does go. So I'm interested to see what happens. I don't know when, if it has to make a decision by or when they could trade him by, but that's probably a big question mark on the team at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I guess for Murray, do you see him sort of getting away from the run game this year or do you think he sort of goes to it a lot more as well? I think naturally he'll want to go to the run game, but mm-hmm. you you would assume that, you know, third, what is it, third year in the league now? Um, yeah, yeah. They'd want to be pushing him towards that, as we sort of men- as I mentioned before, when that pocket breaks down, looking for the throw rather than just tucking in and running. So, working through those progressions and trying to find the pass that you want, rather than just going straight to the run as soon as you don't see that first option. I think, but I hope they don't as much because, as well, on the flip side, you see when they allow those guys to run like Lamar, it just makes the game so much better, and they just do what because that's what they're good at. You know, they're not trying to be something that they're not. They're just doing what they can do naturally. And it's beautiful and it's great football. Yeah. I guess as we see the league kind of changing a little bit, not just pure pocket passes, but we are seeing those guys who are dual threats and he probably is probably one of the better ones. Yeah, absolutely. So leading the cards, I think, as we sort of said, this could be anything. And so that's why we'll move on to our last team and uh, see what we reckon of them. All right, last but not least, the Rams. I've got them finishing up, again, pretty tight. So I've only got them at nine and eight. This could be, what do you think? Even with the seven playoff teams, this could easily be a division that maybe sneaks in four teams. (laughs) Yeah, that would be huge, wouldn't it? I have them at 12 and five, finishing second. But as we've talked about through this, I've got a lot of uncertainty around this whole division. Um, I kind of changed a lot as well, especially with the recent season-ending injury to Cam Akers, as we spoke about earlier. Cam Akers broke out in his rookie season, and I think they were expecting him to go bigger and better for year two. Yeah, he would have held up the line so well. And just given that um, certainty to Matt Stafford, who comes in, uh, Matt Stafford is obviously an elite QB. We know this. Granted, though, he doesn't put up the numbers as much with when he was at Detroit, but with the Rams, he's definitely got the option. So I'm expecting him to go big, and Akers would have been a big pillar of his offense. I'm not huge on them. That's why I've got... But I've still got them at nine and eight, which is a good record. But I just, I don't know. I just don't have that much conviction about them, really. Great players. And when I do look at the players, there's some elite ones in there. I mean, especially when you look at the wideouts, what is it? Woods, Cup, Jackson, and Higby. Gee whiz. Yeah. Big to play with. They've got a pretty nice wide receiver room. Not probably a top tier guys, but Woods has always been so solid. Cooper Cup has really started to be that number one target. Van Jefferson was pretty good. I think he came in what, last year. So, and then Higby is starting to be pretty good. And as you said, they, we, they lost Gerald Everett. So I don't know where that sort of second, third yeah. string tight end comes in for them. They do have a good offensive line too. As I'm sort of mentioning this, I'm going, geez, why was I not high on the Rams? But it's just, it's that conviction. I don't find them gelling together. 
their defense will be elite as always, though. As you sort of said, building around the pillars of Ramsey and Donald, like who else would you want there? Yeah, no, yeah, it's their defense is absolutely elite. Um, I was just thinking before, did they sign Deshaun Jackson? Because I mean, I'm not seeing him anywhere, but I swear they signed him. If he's not on the roster, then I doubt it. I haven't heard much. Oh, no. Yep. I uh, got him. Here we go. Yeah, yep. here he is. <laughs> I don't know how I missed that. Yeah. He so Deshaun Jackson is one that I completely forgot. And I was thinking they did sign someone in wide receiver. I know he's coming towards the end of his career, but he's had option over the top for Matthew Stafford. I know he's had some good wide receivers in his time at Lions, but he's got a whole different kettle of fish here. Massively. I think the interesting things with the Rams is – as we sort of mentioned before, and again, they run the risk with their depth. So if they do have any injuries to key players, and that's what we sort of saw in that last game, I think Donald didn't get to play that last playoff game. You know, it really took a hit to their um, stocks. And I feel like if we sort of start to see that, we could see a similar season to the 49ers that had last year. Yeah, I think you're right. And I'm just looking at this defense, they've kind of got a lot of holes. You're right in that sort of depth. I know you've got some super, super guys on there. Leonard Floyd re-signed. But you lost Joe John Johnson, I think, to the Browns, who was really solid in at safety. So you're right. If they lose a couple of guys, they could just be like San Fran and sit down the bottom of this division as you've got them. So maybe it'll play out like that. Well, and I think that's going to be their biggest issue because even well, considering San Fran, they had those losses last year, but they were able to go in with a high draft pick. Rams actually don't have a round one pick until 2024. Yeah, so they've just, as we said earlier in this episode, they are like the Lakers and just are happy to just pick up blokes left, right and centre and just win now. But is that detrimental to the cause down the line? Sean McVay's probably not too worried in the GM because they'll probably be out of a job by then. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's, I think that's why I'm not so high on the Rams because you sort of look at this and you go, you're trading your future for a win all now and you look at that mm. team and that's not a win all team. Like when I look at the Bucks and what they did, that's a oh. win all team. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. This is a tough one because yeah, they've really thrown a lot into winning this and you're right, they might not win it and probably won't. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. This is easily probably one of the oh, – it's, it's a close one. Like some of the other divisions we were saying, close one, but these guys have got some quite good teams. So I think it's going to be heavy at the top and it'll be interesting to sort of see how this plays out. But as we sort of mentioned, I think 49ers go through this pretty easily and they potentially challenge again at the NFC. Yeah, I think that's probably the most likely outcome. But as you said, we could see three teams coming from this division. There's just quality across the park here. And if they do get three teams, well played. Like this is a good division. The NFC will be better for it if these teams are in it. So I guess we'll see how this plays out. Very exciting to see. But uh, I think that finishes up for our previews. And we're going to start moving into a bit more football, which is going to be a lot more fun. I'm certainly keen for it. I know you are. Um, I mean, as we sort of mentioned before, at least the Olympics are on. So I know that's all I do after work. But once footy's back, oh, gee whiz. Yeah, it's going to be good. Do you have any, I know it's preseason Hall of Fame games. What are your thoughts for Pittsburgh and Cowboys? Like we might see a couple of the rookies come out. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Najee Harris would be a nice one to get a look at. I think I'd also like to see the, if they Try out Dak, to be honest, um, see okay. how he goes straight after an injury. That'll yep. probably be my biggest question mark over the game. Yeah, that's actually a good point because I think they said he they took him they took him off the field the other day and people worried that he'd hurt his shoulder and all that sort of stuff. So they might not use him, but 
again, these preseason games are very interesting because, I mean, this is just a pre-preseason game and then we're going to roll into three weeks of preseason before the actual season. So we're starting to get close. Very close. You can just sort of start to feel it in your pants. It's getting... just, that, just that tingle. <laughs> oh, baby, let's get that tingle rolling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, well, yeah, that wraps us up for this week and then we'll see how we go next week after we see the first game. Sounds good to me. I'll catch you later. All right. Thanks for letting us in your crib. It's been real.